Playhouse. Tonight's story recreates the tense atmosphere of tunnel building, bringing to life the hard-living, hard-working sand hogs who labor underground. You wouldn't understand. Me, a sand hog. Me, Joe Redman, his old man, and a sand hog from the day I was old enough to lift a shovel full of muck. That was Joe Redman speaking, having his say about his life work. But his wife, Laura, took another view. When Steve came home last night, with the clay dried on his shoes and in his hair... Joe, it was like somebody had come to me and said he was dead. Yes, and of course there was Steve himself. Steve, who took an entirely different attitude. This is Sam Hogan the way it ought to be. Speed. 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 Yeah, take it easy. Be careful. Well, sure, if you're an old woman, this is the way to make tunnels. Drive. 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 Yes, tonight, Author's Playhouse presents a story of men who live their working hours in a world unknown to us. A world beneath the Earth's surface, where brawn and skill and cunning combine to fight the ever-lurking threat of sudden death. In response to many requests, Author's Playhouse repeats its presentation of Borden Chase's gripping story, High Air. You're all steamed up over nothing. Our boy going to work in a tunnel? Turning sand hog is nothing? Steve was born to be a sand hog, the same as me and my old man before me. I hate that kind of talk. Not true. That's all Steve has heard from you ever since he was born. And it's what drove him into that tunnel. Nothing drove him there. Nothing but wanting to be a sand hog, the same as me. He got that job on his own hook. He was in the tunnel before I even knew he was thinking about hitting Big Tim Martin for a place on his gang. Then you got to see he gets out of the tunnel. I want my boy kept from all the things I've seen happen to Sandhog. Men I've had at our table one day and heard you tell me the next were dead. Or having the bends twisted into screaming knots that look like no man should look. You've got to make Steve get out of that tunnel, Joe. you got to. Now look, Laura, look. Two months and the kid's vacation is over. He'll have to go back to school then anyway. And that's time enough for him to quit. It's not this job I'm thinking of, Joe. Then what are you making all this fuss about, will you tell me? It's the job that'll come after this one. One job after another. Until the one that'll kill him. Like someday a job will kill you. No job's going to get me. I don't use my back when I'm working. I use my head. The job killed your father. The day we were married. I don't want that for Steve. I won't have it for him. Then tell him to quit tunneling yourself. He won't listen to me. But he will listen to you, Joe. Well, I'm not going to tell him to quit, so don't ask me again. Joe, this is the last time I'll ask it of you. Make Steve quit that tunnel. Now, you heard what I said, Laura, and you know that I'm no good at changing my mind. Now, forget it, will you? And listen to something that come in a letter I got at the tunnel today. It's from Frank Weber. You remember that little limey what worked with me on that case on job out west? Here. Here, I'll read it to you. <clears throat> he says, uh, there is a tunnel starting under the East River in two weeks. And you could do good for yourself if you was here now. There is hardly no good sand hoggers here right now. And bonuses is being gave to old-timers like I and you. It will be, anyhow, a two-year job. You remember Pete Wozniski, who got the bends last winter and died... 
<clears throat> this is all I got to say now, so we'll close, Frank Weber. Yeah, sounds like it ought to be pretty good, Laura. Especially that bonus. What do you think about me looking into it, huh? You do whatever you want. Good, good. We'll start east at the end of the month, right? You'll maybe go east. How do you mean that? I'm staying here, Joe. Even if I go on this job Weber wrote about? I'm staying here. Don't make any difference if you go east or don't. I'm staying here with Steve. Oh. Well, jobs with extra dough ain't laying around every day. I'm going east. This is the third letter I have wrote to you since I come east on this job. If you are not answering them because you are sore, all right. But I have thought it all over about Steve. And if you still feel like you did about him sandhogging, I will see what I can do about keeping him away from high air. You said he would listen to me, and if he will, I will figure out some way to do like you want. There is an engineering course at Columbia here that Steve could take when he's through high school. This job is paying extra good, and I've already started putting money away for Steve's education. Dear Joe, I have not answered your letters, Joe, because there isn't any answer to them. You stole my son from me, and you can never give him back to me. He worked in the tunnel here all summer. There is clay ground into his fingers where the knuckle joints make those little wrinkles. It is like your hands, Joe, and every sandhog's hands. You can send Steve to college, but something that is bigger to him now, bigger even than even you are, will send him back underground. I will not write again, Joe. You have stolen Steve from me, and I can never, never forgive you for that. corner for some gaspers. Come along with me, eh? No, I better not. I heard that one of the boys was looking for me for something, and I want to see if he's in the company restaurant. Come on, get your smokes in there. Oh, they got no English gaspers, Joe. Nothing but them Yankee mates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, chum, uh, how's the nipper these days? Nipper? Nipper? Yeah, nipper. Oh, you mean Steve. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> he's a thundering big nipper now, Frank. He's finishing his third year at Columbia in the spring. Gone, you're spoiling a proper sand dog, making a engineer out of a lad. That's why he's in school, to keep him away from high air. I made a mistake once about him, and I won't again. He'll never be a tunneler. How? Big Tim Martin said he had the makings of a good sand dog when he and him was on the Detroit job. Yeah. Well, I'll be getting them gaspers now. The ship's going down in about a half hour. Okay, Frank. Be seeing you. All right, hello. Thank <laughs> you. 
I'm telling you, if I caught the spade clean for 300 pinnacles, hey, Tim. I would... Oh, hi, Joe. Uh, you looking for me, Tim? Why, uh, yeah. Uh, well, the fellow said I could find you in the company restaurant, Tim, so I come right over. Well, what do you want? I didn't want you in particular, but um, there is somebody here maybe you'd uh, kind of like to chin with. Yeah? Who's that? Fellow over there, a couple of tables. The one with his back to us. No. Say, it looks like... No, no, it couldn't be. Go on over and see who it is. Sure, sure, Tim. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, if I'd caught that spade queen, I'd have you fellas yelling like a busted air. <laughs> hey, excuse me, but Big Tim said you wanted to... Steve. Uh, hello, Dad. What are you doing here, Steve? What have you got those boots on for and that helmet? Well, I... I'm back making tunnel, Dad. Look, how about sitting down? Yeah, yeah. Here I've been glad because you almost finished your third year at Columbia. All this time I kept you out of high, high air and then I I walk in here and find you. Yeah. So you had to come back, eh, kid? Couldn't keep away when they put a few pounds air on the job, eh? Why? I don't know, Dad. Maybe just because my name's Redmond, same as yours. But all I want to be is like you. I want to dig tunnel, and that's what I'm going to do. Well, I was hoping it'd be different with you, Steve. Oh, now, look, Dad, you're not going through all that stuff. No, no, I guess not. Wouldn't do any good. You're here, you got your mind made up, you're going sandhogging, and that's that. I don't want it that way, Steve. There's one thing, though. What's that? Your mother, Steve. Does she know that you're here? No, Dad, and... Well, maybe it'd be better if, if we didn't talk about her, huh? Yeah, maybe it would. But we're going to talk about her for a minute just the same. Steve, you know how long it's been since I've seen her? Five years, isn't it? Just. And it's five years since I let you work in a tunnel for the first time. Letting you do that, not making you quit, is why your mother and I are, are like we are. Yeah, Dad, I know. She said I stole you, Steve. I tried to make up for it. I sent you to college. Tried to keep you away from high air and make an engineer out of you, but... Well, it didn't work. You're back. I can't do no more. Hey, uh, who gave you the job? Big Tim Martin, Dad. He's taking me in with his gang on the next shift. Yeah? And the one ahead of mine, huh? Say, wait here just a minute, Steve. Hey, Joe, what's new? Hiya. Hi there, Joe. I hear your kids over there. That right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's 40 jacks. And a pinochle? Hey, Tim. Huh? You got my kid on the next shift. Yeah, yeah. Great husky lad he's grown into since I had him out of the Detroit job. And look, Tim. I I want to change over to his shift. Huh? Well, suits me swell. You and him and me, we work good together. Yeah. Sure. And besides, you can talk good. Yeah, how do you mean? <laughs> well, there's a newspaper guy going down with us. Uh, kind of publicity. I, um... I was figuring I'd have this monkey on my neck, but if you're going down with my gang, I'll hand him over to you, okay? Sure, sure. Why not? Okay, give him five minutes and brush him off, Joe. Ah, uh, he'll have a belly full of high air by then anyway, All see? right, Tim. And uh, thanks about changing me over. Oh, forget it, forget it. See you at the cage, Joe. Now, let me see. I got a pinochle, 40 jacks, and a married Jim Trump. That's enough mail to put me out if you play your hand. Well, right, Steve, that's settled. Hey, wait a minute, Dad. You didn't tell Big Tim to lay me off. No, what good would that do? You'd only go down with one of the other gangs. I just fixed it so I could work your shift, that's all. Oh, meaning you don't trust me alone in the heading. Steve, I might as well speak out. Yeah. I don't want you here on account of just one thing. What's that? 
Well, I'll tell you. I wrote you a letter. I got it yesterday. Yeah. I said in the letter that we was getting well down under the river. That was a mistake. I ought not to have mentioned the tunnel, but I did. You got the letter yesterday. Today, you signed up to go back making tunnel on snap judgment. Well? Well, that shows up a bad thing about you, Steve. You move too fast. You don't think enough first. Everything you do has got to be done quick. I know, Dad, Yeah, but... going too fast. Guessing wrong because you don't take time to think out what you're doing. That kind of stuff kills men under the river, son. Now, listen, Dad. Getting yourself put in my gang so you can play nurse to me is bad enough. But if you're going to treat me like I'm a baby, that's as... Looks like you're going to have to save it, kid. Our ship's going down. Come on, you guys. Let's go. Hey! Hey, Joe! Yes, Tim? Here's the newspaper, fella. Name's Randall. This is Joe Redmond, Randall. I'm glad to know you, Redmond. How are you? All right, you birds. Come on, shake a leg. Come on, let's get going. Well, where do we go from here? Out to the shaft. Come on. Come on, Steve. Go down to the tunnel in this elevator, eh, Redmond? Yeah, yeah, only it's a cage. Oh, I... Hey! Hey, get that gate open, somebody. It's cold up here. Hey. You know? All right, come on, come on. Climb on, boys, climb on. All right. Hey, don't shout, boys. Wait a minute. Give him a highball, Tim. All right, Jenny. Hey! Cut the rope. That's it. End of the line, Randall. Okay. Now what? Just oh, follow the gang. concrete wall up ahead there is the bulkhead closing this end of the tunnel, Randall. Yeah? Well, what about those three doors in it? Well, they open into the airlock. The first one is the muck lock, where they bring out the loaded cars loaded with muck. The door on the right's the man lock. That's where we go through to the tunnel. The other is the emergency lock. I see. <laughs> Big Jim just signaled the lock tender that we're ready to go into the lock. You see, it had 40 pounds of pressure in it, and that had to be blown out before the door could be opened. We go in there for a minute uh, while they bring the pressure back up to 40 pounds, like where we work in the tunnel. Okay, okay, let's go in, fellas. Come on, in you go. Now what, Redmond? Well, just sit down here on the bench alongside of me. Now, there's 40 pounds per inch, per square inch, working pressure here in the tunnel, see? Yeah. Now, this lock that we're in has a door at the tunnel end, the one that we just came through. Oh, yeah. Now, before we can go into the tunnel, the air pressure's got to be built up to 40 pounds in here. It don't take long going in, but coming out, you got to sit here in the lock while the pressure's pulled down gradually to what it is outside, 15 pounds. That's atmospheric pressure. I see. See, taking it slow gives the air that's soaked into your bodies a chance to seep out gradually. If you get decompressed too fast, you can get a bubble of nitrogen lodged in your blood or maybe, maybe in your spine. And that's when you get the bends, isn't it? Yeah. 
And any time your wife starts to tell you what it's like having a baby, you just tell her that... All right, Pop. Come on, open her up. Now, get ready, Randall. Here comes the compressed air. Swallow fast, Randall. Grab your nose. Hold it tight. Blow air up into your head. It equalizes the pressure. Okay. Say, what makes it so hot in here all of a sudden? The air compression. High air is always hot. Leave the tunnel door open, one of you guys. All right, let's go. Come on, seat over. You keep going straight ahead with the gang, and I'll be right behind you with the kid here. Okay. I'll just walk around up here. All right. And how's it feel, Steve, getting back in high air? Oh, swell, Dad. Gee, there's, there's something about a tunnel. I used to think about it all the time in school, and then when you said in your letter you were down into the river, well, gee, I had to come back. Yeah? Well, you're welcome to it. I hope I never see the inside of another tunnel after this one's done. Sometimes I think I won't either. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, Dad. As long as I build these things, you'll be down in a meeting higher. Maybe. Listen, kid, when did you hear from your mother? Well, last week, I think it was, Dad. She ever mentioned me? Sure, lots of times. She does? What'd she say? Well, different things. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, uh, next time you write her, just tell hey, her... Hey, hey, there's a head. Oh, boy, it'll be swell working a pocket again, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, better keep that reporter from getting in the way or maybe getting hurt. You go on up to the shield and I'll be with you as soon as I get rid of Randy. Yeah, sure, Dad. Hey, Randall. Yeah? Hey, you better stick back here with me. Okay. Yeah, here we are. Okay, but say, give me an idea what this is all about, will you? Well, right here... We're maybe a hundred feet out under the river. As far as we've made tunnel, there's concrete all around to keep out the river. Oh, Up there at the heading is the face. That's wet sand, mostly. I see. Now, there's a big metal sleeve fitted around the inside of the concrete right at the heading. Huh? It's like a big biscuit cutter, you see? Yeah. It shoved the head, maybe a foot at a time, with hydraulic jacks, cutting through the sand. Now, we take out the sand a little at a time. They shove the sleeve ahead, pour concrete back of it, and... Well, that's making tunnel. Yeah, but uh, what's all that business with the planks and hay up there at the end where you're digging? Well, there's a river on top of us, Randall, trying to get in the tunnel. Now, we got 40 pounds of air to hold it back. The water in the sand at the face helps to hold it together. But if the whole face was bare, no planks and no straw, the sand would start caving in of its own weight. I see. Now, laying them boards against the sand and bracing them in place with the jacks and packing around the boards with hay keeps the sand from breaking down where we don't want it to. I get it. Hey, but look, suppose the sand did start to break down, as you say. Shut up. Hey, take it easy, will you, Rudman? What's biting you? I'm sorry. You're talking like you were. It's like talking about punctures when you're driving a car. It's asking for it. Asking for what? A blow. A break in the tunnel face big enough to let the air out and the river in. So you get caught by the water and drown. Or maybe you get blown up through the break. Through the river bottom. The river and 50 feet in the air. With your bones and your body all mushed up together. Well, maybe if it comes slow enough, you've got a chance to stop a blow. You just throw everything you can lay hands on into the break and the air drags it out of sight. Shovels, boards, hat, your boots, your clothes. Until, if you're lucky, something jams 
Just right across the hole and stops it up. I get it. Something, anything, to plug up the hole that's letting the water in while it's letting the air out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you better hike on back to the lot now. i got to get up to the heading and work my pocket. You know, we're only down here an hour to a shift. Oh, sure. Okay, I'll be on my way. I've got about all this heat down here I can use anyhow. Um, thanks a lot, fella. Yeah. And uh, don't let the lock tender run you through too fast. Well, blimey, if it ain't the old chum gel. About time you decided to do some work. Yeah. Well, I had Big Tim change me over to this shift so I could work with my kid here. Oh, uh, this is Frank Weber, Steve. Hiya. Oh. Hi, Joe. I thought you said he was in some blooming calling. He was, but he's sandhogging now. Let's quit John and get some tunnel made. Hey, kids, you have got uh, plenty of hay in boards? Oh, yeah, plenty, Dad. He's over so I can get started shoveling, will you? Yeah, well, wait a minute. Wait. Wait till I see how this sand feels. Hey, I, I don't like the feel of this stuff. It's changed since yesterday. Changed how, Dad? I'm not sure, but it don't feel right. We had good ground so far, but it looks like we've run into a glacial deposit. Well, what difference would that make? Yeah, you wouldn't know about that, would you? It can make plenty of difference. It means gravel instead of sand. Stuff that slides down if you even look at it too quick. And like a sieve for the air to leak through in the river, too. Blimey, he started already. Your father's like a blooming old lady, Steve. And with you in the tunnel, he'll be a bloody caution. The face is all right, Joe. It's you that's bombing. Maybe, maybe. But I'm telling you, it don't look good. That gravel slide's too easy. I wouldn't want to dig into gravel like this with too many boards out of the face. Oh, don't be a crepe hanger, Dad. This place is okay. Look at it. Cuts like cheese. Easy, Steve. You got a river over your head that's crazy to get in here. <laughs> like a blooming old woman, I told you. Take it easy. Be careful. Look out for this. Look out for that. Sure. If you're an old woman, speed. Speed. That's the stuff. Take tunnel. Drive. Drive. That's Sam Hogan. Quiet. Ought to be. All right. All right, give me a board. All right, Steve. <laughs> shovel you got there, not a broom. Get some boards on that face before you take out any more sand. Oh, it'll hold. If I stop now to put it boards, I'll lose time. Time? Time? What's time against your life, you young fool? Get some boards in there. Pack them with hay, I tell you. I say, Joe, stop blackguarding the boy. He's a right fine sand auger he is. Yeah, you tell him, Frank. He thinks I'm still a kid. But I'll show him how to make trouble. You crazy fool! Where's your ears? Even the ears trying to tell you to get some planks in there and close up that face. Wish I'd never seen the day I ever let you in the tunnel. Hey, look, Dad. You better get some work done on your own side of the pocket, or I'll have to come over there and help you. Why, you, you young puppy! Here, 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 here now, Joe. You ain't fixing to swipe your own boy with that shovel. Oh, nice temper you've got. Maybe it was that between you and Mother, not me. Look, you work your end of the pocket, and I'll work mine. See? Hey, quit that kind of talk and remember what I said. Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy, Steve. Take it easy, he says. Hey, Dad. Dad, it's raining. The air's going out. The face is gone. Steve, I told you. I told you. It's a blow. A blow. A blow. Hey, 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 hey,
His body stopped the blow, Steve. His body that saved you. He was gone. Like that. He said, tell her I sent you back to her. And then he jumped. He stole you from me. But he sent you back. He sent you back. have heard Borden Chase's story, High Air, adapted for Author's Playhouse by Jim Pease and directed by Mr. Harry Buback. <laughs> Miss Fern Persons was heard as Lara Redman, Mr. Leo Curley as Joe Redman, and Mr. Ed Prentice as Steve. Supporting players in the cast of Author's Playhouse tonight included Mr. Michael Romano, Mr. Gilbert Ferguson, Mr. Sidney Alstrom, and Mr. Stanley Garden. The music was selected and played by Mr. Elwin Owen. Next week, same time, same station, Author's Playhouse will bring you the late Stephen Vincent Benet's humorous tale of wilderness days in America, The Sabin Women.
Authors Playhouse was heard in Canada through the facilities of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is the National Broadcasting Company.